welcome to the Food Panda's interview. This morning's guest is Lauren O'Donnell, founder of Otsu, uh, someone who was named one of Management Today's 35 women under 35 last year, which has been quite exciting. Overnight oats are in demand, and uh, I don't know if you know this, but Google searches for overnight oats have exploded over the last 10 years. However, whilst they are delicious, I can vouch for that, uh, filling and packed with gut goodness, they are pretty time-consuming to prepare, which I cannot vouch for. I've not prepared my own overnight oats, I have to say. But since launching in 2020, Lauren has served almost 3,000 customers with more than 20,000 portions of her delicious plant-based oats, um, and she's managed to go from home kitchen to Oatsu's first nationwide listing with 645 Holland and Barrett stores and achieved a successful uh, overfunded crowdfunding round with Cedars in just a couple of years. Um, welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much. Yeah, really nice to be here. I, I guess the first the first question is, what, so what drove you to start Oatsu? Um, what were you doing before? And, and is, had you always wanted to start a food business? Yeah, so I before launching Oatsu, I worked in the city. So I was working in... Um, digital and marketing roles at um, Asset Manager Fidelity and then HSBC um, in the UK and Hong Kong. And it was during that time that I just barely had time to prep breakfast and would pop into the Tesco Express or whatever small supermarket on the way to work. And I'd look around and I could just see pastries and breakfast biscuits and drinks. And I just thought there needs to be something better. And on Instagram, I could see there were overnight oat recipes that were popping up more and more. So I tried them and I thought, yeah, this is really great. Like I can prep it the night before, you know, grab it um, on my way out the door in the morning and uh, colleagues were making them as well. And I could also see the rise of overnight oats in the US um, and brands like Mush, Brecky and Oats Overnight were stocked in all the major supermarkets, Walmart, Costco, Target, generating tens of millions in revenue, um, doing super well. And I thought this could be something here for the UK. Um, and so I started making overnights um, in my kitchen. And at the time I was going to uh, an entrepreneurial course after work with Enterprise Nation. And I brought my first samples there for people to try. And yeah, I got a really great, really great reviews and people really liked them. And then as I went week to week after that, people wanted to buy them. So they were my first customers. <laughs> so I was just making them, bringing them. Um, and sharing them afterwards but um that yeah that was how I first discovered them and uh you already mentioned the virality of the recipes and it's only kind of gone up and up since then and still in the UK there is a gap in the market um and not kind of a, a dedicated overnight oat brand that's really kind of made a success of it uh, and got onto retail shelves so we're aiming to be the first I eventually left my job and then um started a uh, online shop um, initially I was selling them through Instagram I should mention during that time as well I did get our kitchen checked by the council so kind of went went through that process and got our kind of five-star food hygiene rating um, and, and I knew that I needed to look for a manufacturer if I was going to scale this but it took a, it took much longer than I thought it would um, so um, was in the kitchen for some time making them selling them online on Shopify and at markets um, and approaching like independent shops before it kind of got bigger. How hard was it to make the decision to to quit your job and, and do this full time? Yeah, it was. I was quite excited, if I'm honest, just really excited about the idea and was going to this entrepreneurial course because I'd always had a kind of an, an interest in startups and was really enjoying what I was learning and all the sessions and just thought, if I don't do this now, then will I ever will I ever do it? 
you know, I don't have anything to lose. Why don't I just go for it for a year? And I can always go back to the corporate world if I if I have to. So I thought I'll give myself a year. Um, as I mentioned, finding a manufacturer took a lot longer than I thought. Things also snowballed and kind of just got busier and busier and um, realised that, yeah, that wasn't going to be a reality. So uh, what's in the current product range and, and how did you decide and develop those flavours? Yeah, so I've got a few here, which I can show you. So we've got some brand new packaging, which I'm really, really proud about. Um, but yeah, our overnight oats are um, entirely plant-based and our packaging's recyclable. Um, so we soak our oats. This is a blueberry flavour, um, a much taller pot than we had previously. Um, they're kind of a great ready-to-eat on-the-go breakfast. So they're in the chilled food-to-go category. Um just wanted something super simple that you can just pick up and have while you're on the go or if you are working from home or you just don't, you just don't have time to prep overnight oats you might not know Some of our customers say that they struggle to get the consistency right um get it like creamy and liquidy enough but not too liquidy and then also to pack all the flavor in and it not just be kind of a bland pot of oats um our flavors are we've got kind of like layered layered pots with a compote on the bottom We've got another um, two flavours which are a little bit more indulgent than these fruity ones. So we've got banana biscuit and that's our bestseller. And we have choc peanut and that's made in collaboration with Manny Life Peanut Butter, which is um, delicious. How I came to uh, the recipes, it was a lot of trial and error and a lot of testing myself. So the recipe, it doesn't sound like the recipe changed significantly as you've kind of grown and scaled the business. Yeah, it, it hasn't changed a lot. It really hasn't. It's been it's been pretty much consistent um, and it's great that he was able to kind of take our recipe and, and basically run with it. Yeah. So uh, uh, do you have an idea of who you're making? The, I mean, obviously you started off making it for yourself as you, as you've kind of moved, moved on, have you got an idea of who you're making the products for? And is that based on research or experience or, or something else? Yeah. So uh, I mentioned that when I was working in the city, I could see um, a lot of colleagues. So were making them and so I guess busy time for, professionals who value health but also convenience are our target audience and we can see from our direct-to-consumer online store customers that that split approximately 75% female 25% male and predominantly um, between the ages of 25 and 55 so a little bit older um, than I first expected given that I initially spotted the trend on Instagram and TikTok um, but yeah, we when, when we're running ads, we see that they perform best with people who are interested in kind of health, wellness, fitness, um, gym, yeah, things like that. We haven't done um, specific kind of focus groups to get feedback. It's something that I am looking at for the future. But when we are in any in, independent store, so we've been in three different Ray the stores across London and independent coffee shops, garden centres. Uh, I always do sampling. I think it's the best way to hear feedback in real time on the ground. So always asking what people think about the packaging, about the flavour, consistency, um, where they see themselves using this product in their day-to-day -day life. Um, and it's great that now more and more people are saying, oh, I love overnight oats, I make them myself. Like, it's such a game changer. Oh, it's so cool that I can now kind of grab them. So yeah, I'd say if you're in a shop, just yeah try and get out there I know it's time consuming and can be tiring but just like get out there and sample as much as you can what's the ultimate aim for Oatsu or the mission so our mission is um to make it easy to enjoy a healthy and convenient breakfast on the go <clears throat> so we just want to make we just want to make breakfast easier and better for everyone and we'll achieve that through increasing our distribution and just being available in not only retail but anywhere where you're looking for breakfast whether that's your office um, gym in the morning, um, convenience store. 
yoga studio, school, university. Um, so there's still a long way to go. You actually mentioned you, you, you are actually working with a manufacturer at the moment. Um, how did you find the process of, of finding the right partner for, your, for the business? I looked at CELSA and BRC directories, which I'd recommend anyone do if you haven't. Um, in the end, so I also asked around um, and through communities like um, Bread and Jam or even here in Frog Hop, like there are going to be a lot of um, a lot of food founders who are working with manufacturers who might be um, doing something that's not directly competitive, but similar. So perhaps they have a chilled product um, if you're in chilled or, you know, they do snacks or just something similar. Um, if you ask around, other people's manufacturers might have spare capacity at that time and they might be willing to share that information with you and share a contact with you. Um, you can also go to, I believe, Frog Hop. You guys can help people find a manufacturer. There are lots of you know, services out there people that you can ask for help um but if it's if it, in the first instance i would look at the salsa and brc directories um i yeah so we were um connected with our manufacturer through another food founder in the way that i mentioned so his manufacturer was just doing the mpd work for him at the time and we were looking to commercialize our recipe and make sure that it could work in a factory environment and so we connected and started working together on mpd and then he was able to support us <clears throat> with the manufacturing and what's I mean, presumably the the levels of production you needed for the direct to consumer or the website are different from what you're going to need to support Holland and Barrett. Was that part of the conversation you had with the the manufacturer? Yeah, yeah definitely. So we explained our business plan and growth plans, and um, fortunately, he was willing to work with us at a smaller scale. Um, so he is a smaller manufacturer and was able to do smaller runs. And we produce our products weekly. And that was quite important for us. So I think there is a benefit in working with a smaller manufacturer initially. I know it can be hard to find someone who can do as smaller runs as you need. And that was the biggest challenge because we were speaking to other manufacturers who wanted to make thousands and thousands of units uh, in a run. Um, and that just wasn't viable for us right at the start. Yeah. But you need someone who can scale with you as well who has the capacity to grow with you and also who has a storage space if you're working with a child product to store your product until it's collected so yeah lots of things to, to factor in also how to extend the shelf life of your product is really really key and we've had a lot of different discussions about that what, what's kind of been your approach to sales and, and channels as you've grown we split our business into a few different channels so direct to consumer was where we started and it was the first one and i love having that direct relationship with customers um that channel, I guess the way that you would sell through that channel is, I think, by being active on the social media, um, doing regular email marketing. So we use Klaviyo. At the moment, we are running uh, Facebook, Instagram ads, um, and we've tested different um, imagery and uh, video content and seen what works best. Um, and we are running ads at the moment. We've gone on and off with that depending on, like, yeah, whether it's like a key period for us. <clears throat> so we'll kind of push it at various points in the year um, and depending on kind of what content we have to hand. And then um, retail is obviously the, 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 the now the biggest channel. So as we've launched into Holland and Barrett um, super recently, um, retail is now making up a much larger proportion. So I think it's going to be around 60% this year and then moving up to about 70% of our business next year. And 
we've laid out a roadmap of where we want to be listed. Um, we were, I think, a great a great place to meet retailers and buyers, which a lot of you are probably already familiar with. Um, but what we've had great success in is uh, bread and jam. So applying to pitch the retailers. Um, last year, we were chosen by six retailers and then this year, six again. So it's been a really great way to get that initial conversation rather than kind of sitting behind a laptop and trying to send an email and just wishing for a reply and not getting anywhere. So I would say, yeah, that's been that's been the best way to meet retailers um, in our case. And with them, um, you mentioned gyms and I guess it's a breakfast thing, yeah. maybe food service. Have you, have you sort yeah. of touched on that world as well? Yeah, yeah. So I was just about to say that we have recently started working with a food service sales consultant. It wasn't something that I had a lot of experience in or I didn't, you know, you don't naturally know a lot of the players in the food service world like you do with retail. Um, so that's really that's been great to, at the moment we're just getting samples out to a lot of um, distributors um, who are servicing the schools universities um, offices gyms that I've mentioned so I'm really excited about that because I think our product has so much potential in those in those like convenient places where you find us and I'd say also there have been some offices that have approached us directly independent coffee shops that approach, approach us directly so we're still doing some direct um, like where it makes sense for that customer and their size and they don't say that we have to work with a distributor we do send directly and you, you did mention the the, the rebrand how, how important has been the sort of development of the brand to you and, and how's it kind of how's it changed yeah it's been it's been amazing to see the journey of the brand I started off handwriting labels in my kitchen and it would take more than an hour at a time just to do a few to do them really neatly um and then we invested in working with a graphic designer um that that lasted for about a year. We, we we stuck with that design for about a year and then we moved on to working with this current designer. So I can show them again. Um, this is our like current packaging. So we use a lot of the um, like really nice kind of vibrant colors. And I really wanted it to like stand out on shelf, catch your attention, be, be bright and colorful um, and also show the different like ingredients in the pot so that it looked really delicious and you know that it's a food product. Um, so yeah, I've been really happy with our design up until now. We also took part in an accelerator recently with Unrest for mission-driven food and drink, not just food and drink, sorry, consumer brands. And we got support from an agency called Uncommon who offers some time through the accelerator. And that was really great to, um, they've adapted our logo a little bit and given us a really great brand book with a set of uh, design guidelines and rules, which is really helpful for us to use going forward. Um, and we're looking forward to rolling out that slightly tweaked design and branding across like our next run of packaging yeah so I guess you've now as you scale it you've now got a brand management job to do as well haven't you yeah yeah definitely another hat to wear yeah yeah um I've, I've touched on what we've done in terms of marketing um already I think the key channels for us being like organic social media paid social media and then email marketing and in the early days it was really important that I um I wanted to share the journey and bring people along and was quite like probably most days was going on my stories and sharing what I've been up to, the challenges that we're facing, celebrating the wins that we're having um, and bringing initially it was like my friends and family and people that I knew, um, but then gradually kind of built that community over time. And I think that's really important, um, really important way to kind of stay connected and people want to hear what you've been up to. I will also just mention one more um kind of route to market listing that I didn't mention before rapid grocery was our first so our experience with Jiffy grocery that was our first experience in retail um after kind of working with some independent shops and, and selling online so 
we were um the buyer did approach us on LinkedIn so that was very fortunate he had seen a lot of the like posts that I'd shared about our success and they were looking to expand their fresh breakfast offering um and it was it was it was great the buyer was fantastic was willing to give me a lot of his time which I know can be rare but we had weekly calls and, and could understand where across London so we delivered to about 15 to 20 sites across London and we knew where we were selling well we had what were the kind of key pockets that were performing really well where we could push it a bit harder uh, and we became Jiffy's top selling breakfast ahead of Kellogg's and Weetabix which was absolutely fantastic and I think that was because we shared that demographic of like younger urban professionals who were valuing convenience um, and having that case study and being able to mention them in the applications that I made to retailers at Bread and Jam definitely helped our application stand out, I think, just being able to say that. So I think if you can get that first listing, wherever it is, even if it's a just one shop and prove that you're selling really well, your rate of sales doing really well, um, and you can say that, then that will definitely catch the eye of, of other buyers. Can I ask? How you funded the business to date? Yeah, of course. So um, I put in a little bit of money initially. I think it was really literally maybe a thousand, two thousand um, to get our, our graphic design and those um, initial materials done. So the graphic design was when we needed that. So initially, as I mentioned, I was handwriting labels, but when we needed a graphic designer, invested in that and then um, just getting the materials that I needed to start making them from my home. Um, and then bootstrapped. So just using the profits that we had from those initial G2C sales, reinvesting that. Uh, and, it, and I've kept it extremely lean. So it's been mainly myself. Um, and we took advantage of the government kickstart scheme, right. which was free for businesses. And we had um, a couple of a couple of young people supporting us on a six month placement. So mainly helping with digital marketing and social media. And then I am now working with a marketing manager who we hired for three days a week and he's supporting us um, just before we kicked off our crowdfunding campaign. Um, I was realizing I've been through the Unrest Accelerator and an LSE Alumni Accelerator at the same time this um, summer, which was crazy busy, um, super hectic, really helpful. Um, but after the accelerator, I realized, okay, I really, really need some support. Um, and I decided I wanted to crowdfund um, and I had fundraised <clears throat> earlier this year that and realizing that that takes up a lot of time out of your calendar, like so much time. Um, and I was thinking, OK, as soon as we finish this fundraise, need to bring someone on, definitely need some support. And he has been a great help. And I'm now looking to hire in operations now that we're launching into retail, realizing that there's a lot more operations work, logistics work. Um, I'll also mention that I did take advantage of the uh, government bounce back loan that was offered to startups. So we also took that out during the pandemic and that helped us um, as our costs started to increase and we were doing the MPD work with the manufacturer and then starting to do smaller runs with the manufacturer. That's the point when um, things changed, needed a bit more capital. Um, and then since following the bounce back loan thought, okay, we need to raise some investment to really take this and get into our first retailer and like support that listing well. And that's when I started researching about raising investment, going to events, speaking to the founders that had raised investment that I met on those panels um, and just learning more about it. Um, and we raised um, 75,000 through angels and people in my network between December and June. So it took a good six months just managing everything else on the side, closed that in June and then wanted to top that up 
with the crowd. And so kind of, yeah, took a little bit of a, a break downtime after the accelerators and after the crowd, uh, after the raise in um, August, and then started preparing for it in September. And then we've gone live in October um, and we set our target. So we revised by um, the platform we're raising we see this to set our target quite manageable so we set it at a hundred thousand but with a view to overfund um and so we were pleased to go kind of reach that quite quickly so we did that in less than 72 hours during the private phase so there's like a, a week-long private phase where everyone who's pre-registered for your campaign while you're on the coming soon page can put their email in and get notified when you go live so it was during that time that we raised that amount and then we're now in our first week of live uh, and we're at 118 percent um and very keen to like spread the word and raise more so that we can accelerate our growth and yeah at the moment we're just trying to let everyone know that we're we're not finished yet we've got kind of targets to go higher absolutely i mean how did you choose i mean obviously how did you how did you decide to use cedars or how did you actually decide to go crowdfunding i'd seen i'd seen and was familiar with crowdfunding as a concept through hearing about other founders' experience of that. I got to meet Cedars at a trade show and then again at, through our Unrest Accelerator. And I did speak with Crowdcube as well, those being the two major platforms that you'll probably work with if you want to do an equity crowdfunding campaign. And I I think um, I decided to work with Cedars in the end because they were willing to work with startups who were raising smaller amounts, which was key. Um, and I think they have a great track rec- track record with food and drink brands and consumer brands specifically. And a few founders that I know had kind of worked with them and had had a good experience. So, but I think they offer pretty much the same services. But yeah, they have been great to work with, like really supportive. And um, they give you kind of yeah, weekly support through your campaign, help you with the preparation, help you get your page live. So yeah, it's been really, really great. What did you need in order to get get that live? Are the, do they request particular things or information or? Yeah, yeah. So um, you might have heard that there's a lot of evidence that they need. Um, a lot of they do do a lot of checks and a lot of due diligence upfront. Cedars do, which is great. So at least you know that every campaign that's up there, every every single line in fact has been checked. So you write your um, pitch for your video, like your kind of pitch script that's completely checked before you do the video um you might have to submit like 30 50 pieces of evidence so it can be can be quite time consuming um but yeah they're fairly straightforward so if you say for example i've um i'm in talks with this retailer they'll want to see email evidence of that i've sold this many units they'll want to see that you've done that on your shopify you've got this many orders um you're launching into this retailer they'll want to see that that's actually happening um and they will also check for your like employment history. Even if you say you've worked at this employer, they might want to even LinkedIn and your CV isn't enough, but they'll want to see some evidence that you've worked there, maybe an email or something. Um, and then you write your kind of pitch for the page or the kind of written copy that goes on the page that's also checked. And then you need to go away and film your video. Um, that took longer than I expected. So um, <laughs> that was, it, I, I, I used Dream Factory to film the footage so we've been a member for a bit less than a year and it's great to be able to pop in there it's very convenient and we use their kitchen setup um with a really great kitchen behind um but then the the editing and all the takes that you take finding the right take and then um the kind of animation side 
I was quite um, kind of particular on what the, the, the look that I wanted and all the so much um, so many pictures we had from like our early days that I wanted to include the t- to tell that story so just set aside time to get the animation right um, and then once you've got all of that live then you're ready to go live um, yeah, what, so what's the number to this morning I'm assuming you look at it daily yeah and... yeah so 118 percent um, we're at which is great um, so yeah, really, really pleased. And we're going to see if we can get it to 150 and maybe even more. And we're going to be organizing a, a webinar in the middle of the campaign so that everyone on the platform can kind of get to know the brand and get to know me and our story and our, and our growth plans is a bit better. Um, and then, yeah, it will be in, I'm sure it will fly by and it will be into the last week already where we're going to do another big push. You've been pretty busy over the last few years, it's fair to say. What what's the kind of what's the plan for the range and and if, well what you can tell me about the plan for the range and and the business over the next couple of years? Yeah, hundred percent. So I am super excited about our um, our retail listings that are coming up, which I'm sure people want to hear about how those came about, as well as the NPD and how we're going to be growing the range. So my biggest focus at the moment is. Um, We've just launched into Holland and Barrett. So as you mentioned, 645 stores. And that did come about through Bread and Jam. So I'm pleased to share a success story from that. Um, We met them. The buyer left. Um, It didn't come about initially, kind of in the initial conversations afterwards, but then realised he left, picked up with the buyer that was on his out-of-office kind of um, I've left message. Um, Fortunately, they were looking for um chilled and fresh foods because they've just had a relaunch of um revamp of their store layout you'll see that they've got fridges across their stores um and they're bringing in a lot of like new innovative own label and branded products and they were quite interested in trying overnight oats as a concept so they brought us in as a branded product across all of their stores um fantastic distribution to have as a first listing uh, and now we're thinking about how we can raise um everyone's awareness and so that kind of drive them to the store and drive that rate of sale um and then co-op we um we're part of the apiary scheme which i'm really really pleased about so that's a incubator scheme for mission-driven food and drink brands and we're on cohort two um of their program and we're going to be in their chilled food to go area um with a view to kick off uh, for our product um around june next year and they co-op are a fantastic partner i think firstly given their focus on convenience and then secondly, because they do so much work in the community and they're really focused on kind of kind of purpose and mission um, and uh, kind of cooperating for a better world, as they say, or for a fairer world. Um, and so uh, I would definitely recommend, I think they are opening applications for the apiary scheme soon um, in the winter. So definitely keep an eye on that um, and just tell your authentic story. Um, the whole program is about supporting startups and small businesses, um, but who are ready to enter retail um, and who are um, quite a lot of focus on underrepresented founders. Um, um, so female and um, kind of other backgrounds and um, yeah, just an, an authentic story. So it's all about the story and they kind of um, display that through the store. Um, kind of different kind of POS and, and different things. So um, they've given us a lot of support on the program as well, kind of sessions with um, experts and uh, mentors on the program who are um, much more experienced founders. And so, yeah, I'd highly, highly recommend it. So I'm really excited about that um, and going into just an ideal 
ideal convenience retailer um, in like city center locations. So I'm really excited about that. And then on the NPD side, we are, so I mentioned that we're aiming to become the UK's first dedicated overnight oat brand that is um, going after that term overnight oats that hasn't yet been tapped into both in chilled ready to eat and we're looking at cereals. So we're developing a range of just add milk overnight oat mixes that allow you to prep perfect overnight oats anytime and anywhere at home, at the office or on the go. It's got all the ingredients that you need in it to prep the overnight oats, the oats and the fruits and the seeds. Um, and we want to be the first like branded overnight oat product in the cereal aisle as well. So this is, this yeah, excited about that. Well, thanks everyone for joining and thanks so much for your time, Lauren. It's uh it is very exciting and it must be incredibly exciting for you. And uh, I look forward to seeing seeing where Otsu goes over the next handful of years. You can find out more about Otsu and buy online. Or I suppose actually at the moment, you'd probably rather people pop down to Holland and Barrow, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, We've got an online store and we deliver straight to your door. Um, you can do kind of mix and match bundles um of on the go breakfast and yeah please do look out for us at holland and barrett um if you see us please take a picture of us on the shelf and share it with with me i'd love to see kind of how they're looking in all the different stores um and we are judged on how well we do in our first in our first month so um if you're feeling peckish then feel free to pick one up i'd really appreciate it brilliant thank you very much um you can listen to previous uh, food funders interviews at froghop.co.uk forward slash podcast or search for food funders interviews wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back with Christopher Kong of Better Nature Temper on Friday, November the 10th, which is a couple of Fridays away. Um, you can sign up at frockhop.co.uk forward slash kitchen. Thanks again, Lauren. Really nice speaking to you and uh, all the best. Yeah, thanks so much. Great to speak to you. Have a good day. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye.